and welcome back to the World Traveler Unit or the Middle Ages of Europe podcast. Today we are looking at our second question or week two. So our essential question for this week is how does power look like in this culture and how are decisions made? So that is our overall essential questions that we are going to be talking about. But we are also going to be talking about the sub-essential questions. These all have to do with government, power, family, and so on. If we're looking back at the Middle Ages of Europe, we need to go way back to when Charlemagne was the emperor. But before that, they were the Franks. I am only going to be focusing on that time era, basically, because afterwards it was the Henry, uh, King Henry, and then it was Queen Elizabeth. But since that was a little bit later on, I want to be talking about what is going on right in the middle of the ages. But I'm also not going to be talking about the Roman Empire, obviously, because it broke down before the Middle Ages started. So, Charlemagne was uh, very nice and welcoming to all of his family and friends, and even to foreigners. But to understand what happened, we have to go all the way back. Who was he? Why is he important? And what did he do? So, one of our first sub-essential questions is, what form of government did they have? And before Charlemagne, Charlemagne, it was his father, Pepin III, and before that, it was Pepin's third father. And they were all a monarchy, and they had a dynasty, which was the Carlington dynasty, and they created their own empire. So, how did this work? So, how did Pepin III, his father... He also had brothers. How did he lead on the power to the rest of them since he was the only king then? Well, how did the power pass on? Which is question number four. So, number five, I mean, excuse me. How is power slash leadership passed on, create, passed down, created, or shared? Well, if we're looking, during this time of government, an inheritance of power was by family. If you had the bloodline of the Carlington dynasty, you were lucky, and you had to also be a man. It started with his father, Pepin III, as I said, and then afterwards, he equally divided the power with with Charlemagne, him and his brothers. He shared that power and created an equal so each person got a different location and a different part and the question number three is who could participate in government who has power who does not how does this change over time well the people could participate in government in multiple ways you had to be in in the family line and the power is shared among locations throughout europe in charlemagne's case It was him and his brothers with all the different locations, although women were not allowed to have power, as I said. And then question number two is, where did this power, where did this form of government come from? Well, it all started with his great-grandfather, 
but then it passed down to his grandfather and then his dad and then him and then it also went to Charlemagne's kids which I will talk about a little bit later Question number four is, how did this government help or hurt the community? Well, there were a lot of ups and downs because he was a very strong ruler and there was a lot of ups and downs. If we're talking about positive impact, Charlemagne was really passionate about education. It was his number one thing. He really, really wanted to encourage people to do this. And he surrounded himself with scholars and great minds from all around the world to educate him. He put his own personal money to books and schools and kept ancient Greek culture and books all translated and given to kids. And this became a really important part because it let kids have a passion for learning. And you can actually connect this to our real world today because his passion for learning and making a greater impact on the world created a passion for learning. He developed schools and put funds of his personal money to better the educational system and fill the world with information. Because of this generation, after because of this generation that he was in, after it, it became stronger and stronger in developing better schools and knowledge for learning, leading to the preservation of Latin culture, which is really important today because it led us to having schools and an educational system. Though there were one specific, not even negative, but it, it depends on how you think about it. But it was that Charlemagne never wanted to become a monk. He did not want to follow every rule the church gave him. And he powered himself with another person, Franklin, to create a his own sort of government and not following the church's rules because he wasn't as religious as his father grandfather and etc so that was a difference between him now and him then and it was just a little bit different than how it usually passed down because the power would be passed down and then you would get the role of being the church's leader but he didn't want that so he kind of changed that position and generation and it was really interesting how that had that effect because Charlemagne wanted to increase not only his power, but the power around him and became one of the greatest military leaders in the world. He became so great because he defeated the Lombards, the Saxons, and the Avars. That, and, the, and the way he did that was because he had a strong cavalry and he created a very powerful empire by himself. Later on, in 814, Charlemagne actually died. The power became fractured and spread all around the two small ports. He did give his power and spread it out in different locations for his sons, although the fra- since it, the power became so small and fractured, it spread into small parts all around Europe. He originally gave his power to his sons, but the spacing became way too small. This led to a lack of power and ability, so invasions of the Vikings became harsher and harsher. So I would say the Charlemagne monarchy and the Carlington dynasty was really a really huge peak where where just government really became a strong and powerful source to have a safe 
just to have a safe family, a safe home, just etc. Just a safe world. But another thing that kind of intersects and goes hand in hand are the Franks. The Franks were also a monarchy and they were the Merovingian dynasty. So they began, the Franks began as a Germanic tribe that eventually moved to Northern Europe. The place where they settled is now France and the name France is named because of the Franks. The, uh, one of the questions was where did they get this government from? Well, the Franks had first united under the leadership of King Colvis in 509 AD. So this was um, before Charlene, Char, oh, Charlingman, um, his passion and his ruler, he wasn't the ruler yet, so... Clovis was the person that led the Franks into many victories. This was forcing them to move and rule everywhere, everywhere from Gaul to Spain. Though after Pepin, Charlene's dad, the third, took power with the help of Frankish noble, the Merogovan dynasty, which is them, has ended. The Carlington dynasty ruled the Franks from 751 to 843. This power, and the pa- the way that the power moved, which was question five, is that the power was moved or transmitted to Carlington Dynasty in a form of a division of people and power. So, uh, when Charlemagne allowed the Frankish to expand and rule a large amount of Europe, he supported them and he gave them parts of power, government, art, and education, which led them to create their own separate kind of parts all around Europe. Although, on December 25th, 800 AD, the Pope crowned Charlemagne as the first Holy Roman Empire. Thus thus began the Holy Roman Empire. This was when the Ottoman society was divided and it became the next empire. So, as we're looking at these two monarchies and how much they have in common and how much they kind of put together what our world is today, it's really interesting to see how much everything has changed. But they were the basic, they were almost like the foundation of what our government is today. And it's really interesting looking at how this happened. So I answered all of the sub-essential questions for the um, government. So I'm going to try to connect some of these things to the real world. So we already talked about Charlemagne's passion for learning. So another really important thing that's related or impacts the world is that the Franks were really important. Their culture created knights, which is one of the most important parts of the, for the need medieval times it was a protection and a creation that helped battle and created one of the strongest cavalries in the world as well as a cool thing that is still used today is france 
the Frances just in general has its cultural effects and name because of the Franks government and their impacts on the Frances location and the government. The Franks became one of the biggest and most important ways that our world was changed by they created the feudal system which I think is really important because it was leading our world into basic government it was the foundation of their power and the feudal system also helped the Ottoman power to succeed because of taxes and land sharing so as we're going in I'm just gonna mention the Ottoman power I'm not gonna necessarily go fully ham into it but if we're looking at the Ottoman society it was divided it was a very divided place where you couldn't do as much as you it depends because the rules were always different um looking at the ottoman power sultan mehmed i'm so sorry if i'm pronouncing that wrong but he was kind of the ruler and he renamed the city of istanbul istanbul meaning the city of islam he made the new capital of ottoman empire istanbul became the dominant international center for trade and culture this is where a lot of trading of information and knowledge actually started and it became a really important place later on the empire really reached its peak so this was way later on after the um carlington dynasty because the empire reached its dominant peak at 1520 and to like uh, 1,566. Sultan gave protection to Christians and Jews as well as modern uh, government and law. They He gave them the power and he, even though their society was very spread and different, everybody kind of had a place where they were able to feel safe. Um, the Ottoman also helped with taxes and they took the feudal system and remoderned it to their liking so ottoman created taxes and their ability to serve money to the empire created a better place i think this was also like important because ottoman society was divided between muslims non-muslims and the the way that kind of worked was muslims generally enjoyed higher standing than christian or jews although christian and jews still lived a decent life though there was some differences in culture and that's just me touching on it because there's so much more to that that i will that we i will probably put in my slideshow but for now i want to say thank you for listening to this podcast this was episode two of government and i will read the essential question again which was how does power look like in this culture and how are decisions made the power looks like very it looks very different in different cultures it really depends on how your religion is serving like Charlemagne, he did not want to follow the church's rules although pepin and his grandfather were really into um becoming a monk although during this time government and inheritance was passed down by family and how are these decisions made the decisions are usually monarchies lots and lots of empires so that's basically it for today's episode i hope you enjoyed and make sure you listen in to next week for the third episode and the week after that for the fourth and last episode thank you for listening this is your host lisa kvenny and i'm signing off